I think it's great that we're experiencing a powerful move of God today because today, as a church, we're beginning our 21 days of prayer and 21 days of fasting, seeking after God as a church and individually in our lives. I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied with where I am. I'm not satisfied with where I've been. I want everything that God has for me, and I believe that he can take us one step further on that journey closer to him each and every day. I love this axe. Take this axe with me when I go camping. It's good for chopping up stuff, chopping up wood, splitting firewood. There's something manly about being out in the woods and just being able to split some firewood with an axe. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, can I get a grunt from the men this morning? You know what I mean? Oh, especially when you hit that wood just right and it just explodes. Something awesome about that. I love it. Reminds me of this story, though. Uh, it's a young lumberjack and an older lumberjack. They were at the camp drinking coffee one morning before they started the day's work. They were sharpening their axes, getting ready for the day ahead. The young lumberjack looked over at the older lumberjack, and he said, I'll tell you what, I bet you today I cut down more trees than you do. The older lumberjack said, nah, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't do bets like that. The younger one said, why? I'm younger, I'm stronger, you know I'm going to outdo you today. And the older lumberjack said, nah, nah, I'm just not going to do that. How about we do this? How about you just put in a good hard day's work, and I'll put in a good hard day's work, and whatever happens, happens, but I'm not going to be in any kind of competition with you. And the young buck said, okay, well, just let you know. I'm going to get out there, and I'm going to go after it, and I'm going to embarrass you today. And the older guy said, okay, fine, do what you need to do. So they got out there, and the young guy just, yeah, just started chopping trees with all the strength and fury that he had. And the older guy, same thing, got out there, did a stretching, because you know when you get a little bit older, you got to start the day with some good stretching, or you pull a hammy, and that's not good. So he got out there, and he started very systematically in good rhythm. Chopping, chopping, and chopping. The young kid plowing tree after tree after tree, dropping them. And he noticed after about an hour, the old man stopped, sat down, and took a break for 15 minutes. And the young guy said, I got him. He's slowing down. He can't keep up the pace. So the young guy kept going. Half the day was gone by, and he noticed every hour the old man would stop and sit down and take a break for about 15 minutes. And the young guy never slowed down, worked all the way through lunch to the end of the day. End of the day. Barely even broke a sweat. And he walked up and he said, I told you I was going to outwork you today. I told you I was going to cut down more trees than you today. I told you I was going to get more done. And the old man said, okay, well, how many did you drop? And to the young man's horror, he found out that the older man had cut down about 35% more trees than he did throughout the day. How in the world did you do it? I got to know. I got out there from sunup to sundown. I worked circles around you, man. I watched you stop and take breaks. I didn't slow down all day. How did you outwork me? And the old man said, because... Every hour, 
I sat down and I took a 15 minute break not so much to rest but to sharpen my axe you worked yourself silly all day long with an axe you sharpened once this morning and by the end of the day it was dull and you were working yourself silly I worked all day with a sharp axe that was ready for the task and I got more done there's something to be said about slowing down to make sure that we've got a sharp axe there's something to be said about slowing down systematically in our schedule to make sure that we stay sharp spiritually and we don't just run in for a one and done tune up and get out there and work ourselves silly but that we take time to make sure that we stay sharp. Now think about it. This time last year, most of us had these awesome goals and things that we wanted to accomplish for the year. Most of us, we wanted to lose 800 pounds. We wanted to get 2% body fat, put on some muscle so we could be all buff and stuff. So those pants could fit us a little bit better. You know, some of us, we had some awesome spiritual goals that we had set. But what happened for most of us? Two weeks, three weeks into it, a couple of months into the year, what happened? We didn't follow through with it because we got dull. We got dull. All the spiritual goals that we set throughout the year, for a lot of us, we didn't follow through. Because we let ourselves get dull. Because we started in a fury of sharpening and we forgot to come back from time to time to sharpen that axe, to sharpen our spirits, and to make sure that we weren't just out there sound and fury, beating the forest with all of our might with a tool that wasn't ready for the job. And as we start this year as a church, and we start this year individually, guys, I want to start this year making sure that we're sharp spiritually. But not just we start sharp, but that we finish sharp. That we come back to the Word of God systematically. That we allow God to do what He wants to do in us so that day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour, we stay sharp and ready for God, what God wants to do in and through our lives. Amen? what we want. Jesus talked about this principle in the book of John. John 15, starting in verse 4, he says, remain in me as I also remain in you. Now remain, that means abide, to stay, to dwell, to dwell with me, to remain in me, not some hotel that you're going to pull off the highway because you've been driving all day and you're looking for a quick stop to recharge and then get on, but a place of dwelling, a place that you constantly go to, that you remain in. It's a place of relationship. Remain in me, and I also, as I also remain in you. And this is what he says here look, no branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He says, if you want to bear fruit in your life, then you've got to learn how to remain in me. You've got to learn how to abide in me or how to dwell in me. You've got to learn how to keep 
that acts sharp. You've got to learn how to dwell if you want to bear fruit. How many of you want to see in your life that you're living a life that's bearing fruit for the Lord? How about you? That's me. I want to bear fruit. I want to bear fruit. I want to see that happen in my life. I want to see all that, that fruit of the Spirit that we read about in the Bible, that love, the joy, the joy, just having joy in your life. Love, joy, peace. How many of you could use more peace in your life? Peace has absolutely nothing to do with what's going on around you. Peace has everything to do with what's going on inside of you. You know, you get there by dwelling. Love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control in our life. Jesus says, if you want to bear that kind of fruit, if you want to be productive in my kingdom, it starts by remaining in me. You can't produce fruit as a branch if you're not connected to the vine. And he goes further with this, and he says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If, here it is, if you remain in me and I in you, you will Bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus says, with me, it's good. Without me, not so good. With me, good. Without me, not so good. If you learn to dwell in me, you bear fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of people that get up and they go to work without Jesus in their lives. That's something that they're doing. And there are people that get married and they have kids without Jesus in their lives. That's something. And there are people that accrue a lot of money Millions and millions, some people billions of dollars, and they're able to do it without Jesus in their lives. And I look at what he says here, and it's like, you know what? It, apart from me, you can do nothing. But I see people, apart from Jesus, accomplish a lot of stuff all the time in life. Maybe he's drawing a line here and saying, there's a difference between being busy and being fruitful. There's a difference between working yourself silly to accomplish something and being productive and bearing spiritual fruit in your life. Because you can accomplish a whole lot and still be empty on the inside. And you can be successful with the standards of this world and be an absolute failure in the eyes of God because you haven't produced one thing for his kingdom. You haven't produced one thing in his will for your life. You haven't produced one drop of relationship. Where you haven't learned to dwell in him. Like he desires for you to dwell in him. Maybe that's why Jesus said later on in the Bible. He said that not everybody who says to me Lord, Lord. Will enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
There's a lot of people that believe in God and a lot of people that call Jesus Lord and a lot of people that go to church and a lot of people that are busy. There's a lot of people that are not producing fruit in their life because they have not learned how to first dwell in the presence of God. He said, many are going to say to me on that day, Lord, in your, did we not in your name, didn't we, didn't we prophesy? Didn't we do all this great stuff? We're going to list off all these things we accomplished for Jesus. And he's going to look at those people and he's going to say, Depart from me. I don't know you. It's not about what we accomplish. It's about the fruit that we produce in our lives while we're here. You see what I'm saying? And so I don't want this year to be a year of busyness for this church. I don't want this year to be a busyness for you. I want this year to be a year where we, where we stay sharp, where we stay focused spiritually, where we stay close to our Savior, dwelling in Him, making sure that we're listening to Him and doing what He says in every area of our lives that we produce the fruit that God wants us to produce in our lives. Instead of getting busy and burning ourselves out and doing like so many people do, getting caught up in the distractions of the world and just forgetting about the mission that Jesus has called us to live out in our lives. So over the next three weeks, we're going to be putting a focus on praying and seeking after the, the, the face of God and the presence of God as a church, and we're challenging to do the same thing individually to start this year off on the right foot so that we can consistently live that out throughout the year. But we're not just going to be praying this over the next few weeks. In, in a focused and an intense way, we're going to be fasting too. And a lot of people have questions about fasting because it's not something that's taught on a lot and it's not something that's discussed a lot. Um, and a lot of people get intimidated by that because when we say the word fasting, immediately people start thinking, I'm going to starve to death. I got to eat. If I don't eat, I'm pretty sure I need food because without food, I will die. You know? And it's, look, I love food. All right, how many of you love food? All right, fasting doesn't just deal with food. Fasting, fasting um, has a lot more to do with the why than it does to do with the what that you're doing. Okay? There, there's a heart motivation in fasting. Fasting, here's a good definition of it. Fasting is the deliberate abstinence from physical gratification for a period of time in order to achieve a spiritual goal. I'm doing without something for the purpose of accomplishing something spiritually. I'm setting aside something that's going to feed into my flesh so that I can weaken that part of who I am so that I can strengthen myself spiritually and be better in tune with what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to me. Okay? It's not just food that you're setting aside. Um, fasting is, is denying the flesh to accomplish a spiritual goal or to gain sensitivity to the spirit. So fasting could be something where we're, 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 we're skipping a meal during the day and we're taking that time to focus on God. Or, or maybe we're going two, three, four, seven days without eating and we set, that side, set aside that time to fast food. And focus on God to weaken ourselves so that we can bring up our spiritual sensitivity 
Okay, um, But it could also mean that we cut things out of our lives that are distractions spiritually too. That could be TV time. That could be social media time. That could be taking advantage of drive time. And instead of listening to secular music on the radio, you play worship music. Whatever it is, is you're getting rid of something in your life to free up time so that you can replace that with a spiritual focus, whether it's worship or time in the Word of God or time in prayer. Something that's going to feed your spirit and increase your spiritual sensitivity. In that time, you're getting rid of something so that you can increase your spiritual focus and sensitivity for a period of time. That's the heart of fasting. Now, the what is between you and God. Okay? Now, he's going to speak to you individually, just like he's speaking to me, about what he wants me to lay down and what he wants me to do. And there's some things that I'm going to start with this week. And as this time goes over the next 21 days, I believe he's going to show me some other stuff. And I believe what I'm going to do is going to change week to week, um, depending on what you know, God's speaking to me. And I'm going, to, I'm going to lay down TV time. I'm going to lay down social media time. I'm going to lay down some food. I'm going to go periods of time where I'm not going to eat or anything like that. Why? Because I want to be a good example, and I'm not going to challenge you to do something that I'm not going to do, but I don't want to miss out on the opportunity to get closer to God than I've ever been in my entire life. And that's the heart behind all of it. It's not the discipline of the what, it's the desire of the why behind fasting. And if you look in the Bible, the Bible is just full of, of examples of fasting, Old Testament and New Testament. A lot of people don't realize the examples of fasting that are in the New Testament. But every time you see fasting in the Bible, it's done to get a spiritual breakthrough over a burden of life. Whether there's an army attacking Israel or someone seeking for God to do something, you, you, there, there's always... There's always the intent of accomplishing a spiritual breakthrough tied to fasting. Okay? Now, how many of you would say that you're dealing with some burdens in life right now? You know what I mean? Hey, I know in this room we got financial burdens that some of us have been carrying for a long, 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 long time. Wouldn't you love to see a spiritual breakthrough over that in your life? Some of us have been dealing with relational burdens with loved ones, in our marriages, with our kids, just walls we haven't been able to break through. Wouldn't it be awesome to set aside a time of praying and fasting, watching God move and seeing a breakthrough in that? You know, some of you professionally, you've been working, praying for opportunities. Some of you, 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 need, you need prayer and blessing over the businesses that you're trying to operate. You need a breakthrough in that. Some of us, we're, we're seeking after God, trying to get direction for what the next step in our life is, what the next move is, and where he's leading us, and what his calling for our life is. All of that can be accomplished through prayer and by Making sure that we grow in our spiritual sensitivity as we draw close to Him. That's what fasting is all about. That's what it's all about. All of that can be accomplished. And we see this stuff happen, not just in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. In the Bible, look at the life of Jesus. He's a great example. Um, Jesus, how many of you would say, is a pretty good example of what to do in your life? All right. Um, Jesus is the first one we're going to look at real quickly in Matthew 4. Starting in verse 1, going to 2. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
after fasting, 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. No, duh. Matthew is Captain Obvious here. No, duh. I would be hungry, too. I'd be hungry, too. But Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Listen. He fasted in spiritual preparation for the battle of temptation that he was about to, to engage in with the enemy. Okay? He went into that season to weaken himself physically, to strengthen himself spiritually, so that when the time of temptation came, he was spiritually strong enough to overcome it. And aren't you glad that he did? Amen? You know, our spiritual sensitivity a lot of times can help us with temptation that we face in life. If you're struggling with an area of sin in your life, the closer you get to God, the less appealing that's going to be. And the more you grow and strengthen your spirit, the stronger you're going to be and the more likely you're going to be to say no to that temptation when it's presented in front of you. Jesus overcame it. He was 100% God, but he was 100% man. He was 100% spirit, but he was 100% flesh. And he knew in order to win that spiritual battle, he needed to be spiritually ready. You know, there was another time, if you're looking at the life of Jesus, this isn't just the one example we see where Jesus was fasting. Like, Jesus had a pattern of prayer and fasting in his life. And the Bible talks about how he would go away for periods of time to lonely places or isolated places and then come back. And there was one example where the disciples, I don't know if you guys remember, like they were trying to cast this demon out of this person, and they weren't able to do it. And so Jesus comes over to them, casts the demon out of the guy, Saves the day, drops the mic, and walks off like a stud because he's able to do what they couldn't do. And so the disciples chase him down. They're like, what? How come you could do that, but we couldn't do that? What's the deal? What did Jesus say? He said that these kinds only come out by what? Prayer and fasting. And the disciples went, oh, I see. A couple of things here. One, um, Jesus says, listen, the reason why I was able to do it and you guys weren't was because I had been not just praying, but I've been praying and fasting. And my spiritual sensitivity is a lot stronger than you guys' are. And my level of spiritual strength is a lot stronger than you. And it also says that maybe there's a level of spiritual warfare that we don't see victory in in our lives because we don't pay the price to operate in a higher level of spiritual authority and power. You know, there's a difference between having the positional authority that God's given us and actually operating in that authority. Okay? You can have all the rights and privileges provided under law, but until you choose to activate and live to that standard, these rights and privileges don't do you any good at all. See what I'm saying? So maybe there's something to that. Um, so Jesus is a great example of what fasting can do in our lives. And just to give you a shotgun look through the New Testament, um, in Acts 10.30, you see the example of, of Cornelius. He's a guy, um, Acts 10.30. So Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. Um, in the early church, Fasting was just a commonplace thing. You see it mentioned several times 
in the New Testament. In the early church, Acts 13, looking at verses 1 through 3, is a great example. It says, Now in the church at Antioch there are prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tectarch, and Saul. They were all worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Paul even taught about it in 1 Corinthians uh, 7, looking at verses 4 through 5. He starts off talking about marriage. He says, The wife doesn't have the authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. That would make great, that would make great, 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 great reference material for a discussion on marriage later on in the year, don't you think? Woo! Husbands and wives, no rights over their bodies. Amen. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time. You guys know what that's talking about. It says don't do that though, unless you both agree on it that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan doesn't tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So Paul even encourages married couples to do this as part of their walk with the Lord. So it's all through the New Testament. Why are you covering all that, Josh? Well, it's it's important to know that um, because I think a lot of people miss out on the benefit of this in their lives. And the closeness that they could have in their walk with God because they don't do this. Whether it's food or giving up something else, again, it's not the what, it's the why behind the fast that gets you closer to God. Here's why this stuff works so powerfully in our lives. I want to spend some time talking to you about this, and we're going to spend some time praying a little bit later this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, looking at verse 23. Pay attention to the wording here. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when I talk about spirit, soul, and body stuff, and I don't know how it works with you, but I'm always thinking like body, soul, and spirit. Usually. Body, soul, and spirit. But that's not how it's listed here. In this, put that scripture back up for me. Thank you. It's not how it's listed here. It's listed spirit, soul, and body. I think it's listed that way for a reason. I think it's listed that way to show order of importance. May your whole spirit, because we are first a spirit, guys. We're first a spirit. Now, that comes like counterintuitive to us because we're in flesh. And everything that we see is in relation to our body. All right? But if we are Christians and we're born again, the Bible says that we are spirit. We are spiritual beings. We are eternal beings. You're going to spend eternity in one place or another. You're going to spend eternity ruling and reigning with Christ, or you're going to spend eternity suffering the punishment that was intended for the devil and his angels in hell and then later in the lake of fire. Those two realities are inescapable. We are going to spend eternity in one of those two destinations. 
We are eternal beings living in a temporary body. Spiritual beings having a physical existence in this life on earth. It's incredibly important. Why? Because this is how most of us live our lives. Put that graph up there now. We live our lives mostly in our bodies, focused on work, focused on the pressures of life, focused on the issues and the drama that we got to deal with, focused on whether or not the Falcons are going to have a good year this year. Oh, my gosh, what happened to the Falcons this year? I don't understand it. But we live our lives dealing with those kinds of things, okay? All that temporary stuff. Because it's what we see, it's what we're focused on, it's what we see, it's what we're focused on. But that's not who we are. This body, this life, this world, it's all temporary. Are you guys with me on this? Okay, listen. What fasting does, what focusing time on prayer does is it quiets down that part of who you are. It quiets down that distraction. It cuts out that stuff that divides your time. And it puts a focus on your spirit. And it puts a focus on building strength and sensitivity in your spirit so that we're connected to God like we're supposed to be instead of connected to the world, distracted like a lot of people live their lives. Does that make sense? Okay. So sometimes the Spirit of God will speak loud like this and we can hear Him speaking. But a lot of times when God speaks, He likes to speak in a soft voice. He likes to speak in a real subtle whisper, sometimes deep inside you. And that's how he'll speak to you, through his word. And that's how he'll speak to you in your time of prayer. And that's how he'll speak to your spirit during worship. And sometimes it's just a thunder. Listen, the Spirit of God is always speaking to you. Daily leading, daily guiding, daily giving you wisdom, daily showing you how to resolve the issues in your life, daily providing the instructions that will bring peace to your life. But what we like to do is live outside of the body and try to fix all this stuff on our own instead of learning Shut that stuff down and allow the Spirit of God to work in us and speak to us. You guys can hear me when I whisper like this. You can hear me okay? But see, many times God will speak to you like this and we can't hear Him because of all the noise and distraction that's going on in our lives. So while God is speaking like this, Distractions like this.
us to get our attention because we're so distracted by all the noise. question for you does your life sound like that or does your life sound like this okay this is what we want to do over the next few weeks is we want to cut out all that noise and cut out all that extra or as much of it as we can because look we still got to go to work okay we still got bills to pay the kids are still going to wake up hungry tomorrow morning I know that okay life doesn't just stop we can't hit pause and I'll come up here to the church 24 7 for the next three weeks that would be awesome if we could but I know we're not going to be able to do that because the world just doesn't work that way and we have responsibilities and obligations so the key is learning what to cut out so that we can focus on the Spirit of God hey, that's the goal figuring out what we can cut out so that we can get closer to God, to cut the noise out of our lives. Did you know, on average, on average, the average person is going to watch four hours of TV a day? On average, we spend about two hours and 20 minutes a day on social media. Man, isn't it easy to fall into a Facebook pit? My goodness, you just start looking at stuff and figuring out what's going on and why are you showing me pictures of what you had to eat and all this stuff. And then you look and you find out that, you know, that's, that's just, just crazy. Just crazy. These people are arguing about politics. These people are arguing about what football conference is the best. And these people are trying to figure out what product you can't buy at the grocery store anymore because it all kills you sooner or later, you know. And it's just all this stuff you start reading about on, on social media. It's just crazy. We've all got an average commute time, give or take, of about an hour, sometimes a little over an hour a day. I know some of you guys in here, you drive about an hour and a half or so to and from work. But those are all opportunities for us to cut things back, whether you cut out all TV or just part of the TV time, and you say, you know what, I'm cutting out an hour, and it means that I might not get to binge some stuff on Netflix for the next three weeks, but I'm going to have an hour now that I can just play some worship music and read the Bible and get a little bit closer to God and cut out some of that distraction or cut out social media. Whew, I'm going to enjoy cutting that thing out over the next few weeks. That's going to be good. I am going to cheat a little bit, though, because I'm going to hop onto the church's Facebook page a couple of times a week, though, to catch some of the stuff we're going to be doing. This is kind of, it makes me sad and it challenged me in a way. This, this last one, it says that less than 20% of Christians pray and read their Bible daily. In a recent poll that was done, and I don't know how accurate these polls are, to be honest with you. I think if you interview enough people, you might be able to make these numbers to say, you know, just whatever you want to. But it seems like, though, this is a common trend. Especially in my experience with most people, they don't take time to pray and get into the Word of God. Maybe that's why we're so overwhelmed by the issues of life. Maybe that's why we're so stressed out. 
Maybe that's why we can't get victory over sin in our lives. Maybe that's why we don't lead people to the Lord. That's why, that's why we're too shy to invite people to church. Maybe that's why we're so self-conscious in worship and we don't just dive into the presence of God. Maybe it's because we're not feeding ourselves spiritually because we're too focused on the outside stuff instead of allowing God to do the stuff on the inside of us. You know. So I don't know about you, but I don't want to be... I don't want to be on the wrong side of that number. I want to be everything that God wants me to be. And I want to be as close to God as I possibly can. Are you guys with me this morning on this? I, I want to draw in closer to God than I've ever been in my entire life. I want this year to be such a powerful year for our church. But I know this it's not going to be a powerful year if we don't bathe it in prayer and it can't just be something that happens here. It's got to be something that we carry with us. Okay? So this is what we want everyone to do over the next three weeks. This is what we're talking about doing in our church and what we're talking about doing in our, in our lives. This is what we want. Number one, we encourage everyone to focus on prayer and drawing closer to God. I know that's probably the biggest no-brainer in the history of the world. But if we want to get close to God, this is what we're encouraging everybody to do. Why do you say encouraging? Because we can't make you do it. Sometimes I wish I could, but I can't. Okay, you got to want this. Okay, so we're encouraging you to do it. We're encouraging you to do it. Um, spend time. Spend time in prayer and drawing closer to God than you ever have before. The second thing is this. We're encouraging everyone to fast something to free up time and increase our sensitivity to the Spirit. And again, it's not so much about the what. It's the why. It's the why that accomplishes it. So if... What we're asking you to do is just listen to what God will lead you to do, man. Maybe God's telling you, you know what, skip lunch every day and take that time and go and, and put on some worship music and spend time reading the Bible and praying, and, and that's what I want you to do until I tell you to do something different. Or maybe he says, you know, for the next three days, I want you to go without food. Man, I know for some of you, you're going to need to see Gabriel come down with a signed contract and God's going to like something like that. You know, maybe Gabriel will come down with a signed contract and we'll just get it done that way. I get that, you know. But, but my question is, you know, how high of a price would you pay to be closer to God? You know what I mean? Um, so it's all about setting aside something so that we can increase our sensitivity to the spirit. Maybe it's TV time. Maybe it's social media time. Maybe it's time on the internet. Maybe it's whatever it is, God's going to speak to you. Maybe it's instead of rocking it out to, to the hits from the 60s and 70s and 80s, it's putting on some worship music while you're driving to work and just spending time letting the spirit of God minister to you that way so that you can draw closer to him. He'll lead you. But what we want to do is help you have some structure so that you can be successful in this stuff. So this is what we're going to do, okay, here at the church. All right, what you do at home is up to you. Um, but at church, we're going to provide some opportunities. So for the next three weeks, weekdays, weekdays here at the church, we're going to open up the church for prayer at 6 a.m. in the morning. If you want to stop by on your way to work, you can run in and pray from 6 to 7. The church is going to be open for prayer. For some of you, I know that's going to work perfect. Okay, and how this prayer stuff is going to work is it's just going to be come in, have prayer time, get up and leave when you need to leave. Come in when you can come in, leave when you need to leave. It's not going to be terribly structured or organized. We'll have staff members here 
so that if you want prayer for something specific that's going on in your life, we'll be here to pray for you, man. We can, get it, we can do that. We can get it done. But we're not going to have, like, I'm not going to be up here leading prayer for that hour. We're going to have prayer music playing over in the next gen room. You'll be able to walk in, go in there, pray, read your Bible, and then go on and go to work. If it's for five minutes, if it's for ten minutes, if it's for 30 minutes, however that works, the church will be open during the weekdays, Monday through Friday, um, for us to be able to do that. It's also going to be open in the evenings, too. 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m., the church is going to be open. So twice a day, the church is going to be open for prayer. So if it works awesome for you in the morning, come on up here in the morning. If it works better for you in the evening, come on up here in the evening, okay? You're not going to be able to say that you don't have a quiet place to come pray. you got a quiet place to come pray. All right? We're going to open up the church for you to do that, to give you an opportunity in case you don't have it at home. Now, here's something cool. Every Wednesday night for the next few weeks, okay, during that time, we are going to have corporate prayer for needs, and we're going to pray for needs in the church and things going on in our country and all of that. So part of that prayer time on Wednesday evening, okay, will be a little more structured and organized just on those Wednesdays, okay? That makes sense? That's not too, too terribly complicated. Now, here's something that's cool, too, all right? Tuesdays and Thursdays, for the next three weeks, Tuesdays and Thursdays, there's going to be a video devotional that will hit on the church's Facebook page. So make sure you look for that. And even if you're, you're fast in social media, you know, if that's your thing, um, man, if you feel cool hopping on there and checking out that devotional, go ahead and do that and then hop back off. But if you think that would open up too much of a temptation for you and you might fall into the Facebook pit, then you might want to skip that, but it's still going to be available. And here's something else we've got, all right? We've got a Bible reading plan that's going to be available to give you some scriptures to read each day. Now, this was in your seat when you came in here. Everybody get this and hold it up. Everybody get this and hold it up. All right, Bible reading plan. I want to encourage you every day, read the verses that are on here. All right, and, and spend some time in the presence of God. Sit down with maybe a little notepad and just read it and then sit back and say, you know what, God? I just read this. What, what are you speaking to me? What, is this, what does this mean for my life? How does this apply to my life today? What can I do to take this that I'm reading and let this get into my spirit to make me a little more like the person you envisioned that I would be. Just meditate on this stuff and let God speak to you. Be powerful. Good stuff. This is really good stuff. All right? So we're going to be reading Scripture. The church is going to be open every day for prayer during the week. We're going to come in here on Sundays. And I'm telling you, I already know what next Sunday is going to be like. It is going to be an incredibly powerful time in the presence of God. I'm telling you right now. And you want to know why it's going to be an incredibly powerful time in the presence of God? Listen, because all this week, I'm believing by faith all of us are going to be drawing closer to Him and allowing Him to speak to us. And we're going to be cutting out some distraction. And we're going to be growing our spiritual sensitivity, growing our spirit, man, getting in the Word a little bit more, spending some more time in prayer, maybe coming up here when we can to pray for a little bit, and then leaving. And when we come in here on Sunday, listen, this is a big part of it, too. How many of you will say, Pastor Josh, I will do my best to be back here next Sunday because I don't want to miss out on what God is going to do. You guys are pathetic. About a third of you lifted up your hands. 
your pastor just called you pathetic. All right, I'm going to act like you're going to sleep on me. How many of you can say, Pastor Josh, I'm going to do my best to be back here next week because I don't want to miss out on what God is going on. I'm telling you, that's a little bit better. That's what I'm looking for right there, all right? When we get back here next week, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be great. I already know what's going to happen. Um, Ephesians 3.20 reads like this. We're going to post all this information up on social media after service. If you got questions on what the schedule is going to be, um, hit up Pastor Jeremy, um, and, and we'll get you a copy of the, uh, the schedule just in case, all right? In the mornings and in the evenings during the weekdays, church is going to be open for prayer. Wednesday night is going to be a corporate prayer where we're going to get together and pray for specific things, okay? Um, I know if you're on the worship team right now, you're going, how's that going to work? You're still going to have worship practice, all right? You're just available to come in and out a little bit before or after, depending on how the schedule works. Worship's still going to be going on in here. We're going to be praying over in, in the next gen room, okay? Um, video devotionals, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we're going to be having some throwdown church in here. Ephesians 3.20 reads like this. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. What are you going to believe God for over the next three weeks? What's the breakthrough that you want to see in your life? Okay? Is this going to be the season where we finally get over the repetitive area of sin? Is this going to be the season where we finally break through financially, where we see the doors open, where we get the clarity and the direction? I believe that it will be. I believe that it will be. Not because there's something sacred about doing something like this. It's because it's the natural progression of what happens when we draw closer to God. He just does what he does best. So as a church, this is what we're going to be doing. Okay? Everyone, if you will, stand to your feet. I'm going to pray over you, and then we're going to sit back down, and we're going to take up an offering. Okay? You guys promised you wouldn't leave, so you guys that like to dip out right around altar time and sneak to the bathroom before everybody else does, you're going to have to hold it just a little bit longer, okay? Because you told me you would wait. How many of you are excited about this? I'm so excited about this. I cannot wait. Cannot wait to see what God is going to do. Some of you are like... I don't know about this, Pastor Josh. It sounds a little bit crazy to me. Hey, listen, I personally want to challenge you. Everybody in here, whatever it means to you individually, find a way to take that next step in your relationship with God to get closer to Him, okay? Whatever that means that you fast or lay down, if that means no video games for some of you, I know that's going to be a heartbreaker. But think about what you're going to look like in three weeks. When you haven't been trying to beat level 42 on a stupid game and losing your mind. But you've been opening up the word of God and allowing him to speak to you and change you from the inside out. Can you imagine? Can you imagine three weeks from now? What's going to happen three weeks from now? How close to God we're going to be three weeks from now? The answers to prayer we're going to have in three weeks. The healing and the miracle and the powerful stuff that we're going to see happen because we're drawing closer to God. He's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that's at work within us. That's the God that I serve. Amen?
All right, so whatever this is, you know what? Let's just commit it to the Lord right now.